thank you to Kenneth Copeland Ministries for sowing the airtime for this broadcast. There's enough power in every sick room and in every hospital room to raise up that sick one that may be describing you. Yes, you yes. may be in a sick room. You may be in a hospital room. And I want to remind you, power is present. That power is there to do a work. Believe in what's present, not try to get something, but notice that he's already made it yours. It's present right where you're at. Say, I receive that power. I receive that power. I receive it right now. I receive it right now. From the top of my head. The top of my head. To the soles of my feet. The soles of my feet. Thank you for joining us today for Jesus the Healer. Welcome. We are so glad you're taking the time to spend this time with us in the Word. And we invite you to get your Bibles. Yes. Get hold of a notepad. And we're believing with you. This studio audience here, they're, they're believing, I'm believing with you for your answers. Amen. For light to come, for healing, for your body, for answers for your life, your home, your family, your children, your business. Why? Because it belongs to you in Christ. Amen. We've been looking at a topic over the last weeks or episodes rather, and we're teaching on the truths of a authority and dominion because it's yours. We need to learn to become skillful with it. Amen. We've been taking as our golden text, Psalm chapter eight and verse four. So let's read together. It says, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels. And the word angels here is an incorrect translation because in the Hebrew it says Elohim, which is the word God. So it should read, for God has made him a little lower than himself and has crowned him with glory and honor. God has crowned man with glory and honor. God has made him to have dominion over the works of God's hands. God has put all things under man's feet. Amen. Amen. Think of that. That's just huge. That's huge. Uh, I've been pointing out this phrase that God made man to have dominion. He made us for dominion. He did not make us to be dominated. He made us to dominate the circumstances, the situations of life, not dominating other people, but dominating the circumstances of our realm. Amen. The things that pertain to us. And so we have to not be okay with being dominated. (laughs) People are dominated because many times they just have gotten used to it. They've gotten used to symptoms pushing them around. They've gotten used to lack pushing them around. The circumstances of life holding sway over them doesn't have to be that way. There is a dominion and authority that belongs to us, but it's up to us to use it. And God won't force us to use it. He just made it ours that we can use it as we choose. Amen. God also said something to me about our use of dominion and authority. He said, there must be a consistent exercise of authority and dominion as a lifestyle to move into and bear fruit of the highest flow of authority. So meaning this, that we can have a lesser flow of of victory in our life if we are not exercising but a little bit of our dominion and authority. Meaning this, we will have 
we will have victory to the measure that we exercise our dominion and authority over circumstances. Right. Amen. 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 So uh, consistency and lifestyle of, of, of exercising our authority is critical if we're, if we're going to walk in God's best. Amen. We don't want to have times of interrupted victory. Right. Could I put it that way? Yeah. To where you walk in victory a short time and then for a short time you're just under it. Right. Yeah. That just comes through a practice of consistently exercising it every day. On a previous episode, we were talking about Brother Hagen, who was raised up off of his deathbed because for 16 long months, he kept listening. He kept following the Spirit of God as much as, he, as, as, as God would speak to him. Uh, as a baby Christian, he was raised up. Well, he, would, he hit his deathbed at 15 years old. How young. Yeah. He was raised up when he was 16 and a half. Mm -hmm. But all those 16 months, he was bedfast. He kept listening. He kept uh, feeding on the word. He kept meditating on it. He kept cooperating with God as he knew. But after he was raised up off of his deathbed, uh, he kept a lifestyle of walking in divine health. And he went home to be with the Lord in his 87th year. He had had turned 86 and had started his 87th year when he went home to be with the Lord. But every day, I mean, he just consistently kept his faith going, exercising his dominion. When something would come to challenge his health, he would take a stand against it. And we are authorized to live that kind of a life. We're not only authorized, we're instructed. (laughs) Resist the devil and he will flee. Amen. I love one of one of the stories that Dad Hagen tells about his own his own health. He talked about because, of course, he had a Bible school there in Tulsa and uh, he would tell the students, he said, I haven't had a headache in 30 years. And he said, the last headache I had was 30 years ago when he was on that deathbed. You know, he was telling the students that. And he says, I remember the day I had it. It was a dark brown headache. Now, I've never heard of that term, but evidently something in keeping with his generation that, that, you know, some of these phrases are colloquial, you know, and I didn't, I'd never heard of that, but he said it was a dark brown headache. I'd imagine that's pretty bad. (laughs) When it comes, when it takes on a color of its own, (laughs) But he said, I remember because he was on his deathbed when he had it. And he said, but since he'd been raised up, he had never had another one. And he said he had been preaching and he'd said that for years. You know, he says, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't remember the last time I had the flu. He said, last time I had the flu, the longest the symptom lasted was an hour and a half. Why? Because he would stand against it. Stand against things. That's what we're trying to say. Stand against it. You're authorized. And that's what Dad Hagen expressed in his example of life to us was that consistency. Sister Gloria makes this, uh, this statement that I love, with consistency lies your victory. With consistency lies your victory. You can't lay down your authority and think you're going to have consistent victory. We have to consistently exercise our, vict- our authority to experience consistent victory. 
But I love this story because Dad Hagen was talking about he had just walked out of the classroom with the students telling them, I haven't had a headache in 30 years. And he said, the last headache I had was on my deathbed. It was a dark brown headache. And he said, I walked out of the classroom, went and got in his truck to drive home. And he said, all of a sudden, a headache struck him. Yeah. <laughs> and look what he did. He popped himself in the head and said, no, you don't. And the moment he did, it left. The moment he did, it left. How come it left so quickly? Because he was so quick with his authority. That's with exercising his faith through his authority and dominion. Yes. He was so quick. He didn't wait and let that headache last for weeks and months before he did that. As soon as something tried to get out of order, he addressed it. There's your key. Consistency. Consistency. If some Christians just thought all I had to see, he just popped himself in the head and it left. If some Christians, they'd have knots all over their heads and pop themselves in the head so many times because it's not, it's not popping yourself in the head without it being backed up with consistency. Yes. Yes. Amen. It's not about, and notice this, it's, it's not about doing everything in life perfectly right, but it is about doing everything consistently. You can do things consistently even though if you're not exactly perfect in every respect mm -hmm. because it's not about perfection, but it is about us being consistent. Amen. Amen. And so inconsistency produces inconsistent results. Yes, ma'am. But consistency produces consistent victory. Right. Amen. We cannot get the results that Brother Hagen talked about unless we also imitate the consistency he carried. See, this is why sometimes um, people will hear preachers talk about the victories they've won and they'll say, Well, I'm going to do what they did. It will work as long as you do what they did. But you can't just do the part you liked. You can't just do the getting the, the miracle, getting the heat. You have to do what the steps they took, the life they lived, how they lived. So we see that, that Dad Hagen would address these things on a consistent basis. That means if something happens in the middle of the night to challenge you, you don't just lay in bed and go back to sleep. Anytime it shows up, we get up. Even if we don't feel like it, we get up and we say, no, you don't. Amen. I, I, love, I love this story. This precious couple, they were close friends with Dad Hagen, Dad and Mom Hagen, and they were people of faith. I tell you, people of faith, this couple. They had great faith stories. And she woke up one night in the middle of the night and she was ill. The wife did, woke up and she woke up her husband and she just popped him, you know, and just said, wake up. And he, what, what? She said, I'm getting, I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling sick. Symptoms are trying to get on me. Pray for me. And, and he, she said he just reached over and he's, you know, he's happily, oh God, I pray for her. You know, he's being half-hearted. And after he was done, she popped him again and says, that won't do, get up. <laughs> I love it. What she's saying, that half-hearted business doesn't work. Get up. 
you know that half-hearted stuff of hoping this works. Half-heartedly applying our faith. It just is not going to bring us into the highest flow. Amen. We have to step over our flesh, step over our feelings to consistently operate with our faith. Amen. Procrastination of the use of our authority produces the procrastination of our victory. If we procrastinate taking our place in Christ, exercising our authority, that only delays our victory. Can victory be delayed? Yes, by what we do. Um, I remember something I said to God years ago. I was, oh my goodness, I was in my 20s, which was what, three, four, five years ago. <laughs> Why do y'all laugh so hard? That, that was rude. <laughs> but I, 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 you know, the, the children were young and life was busy and I, I sat down on the front porch. I'd take a book out, you know, my Bible out there and other books and study. And I pulled out my Bible and I said, God, I haven't read my Bible in a couple of days. I said, I repent for not reading my Bible. You know what he said to me? He said, you don't need to repent to me about not reading your Bible. I'm not the one that's, that need, I'm not the one that needs it. You are. In other words, you read as much as you want it. You feed on it as much as you want it. In other words, he said, it's not going to affect me whether you read it or not. It's going to affect you. We don't earn something by reading our Bible. But we find out what's ours. We're fortified. Our faith is fed. And we're strengthened in what is already ours all along. Reading doesn't earn it. Yes, we should read our Bible. But that doesn't earn what's ours. It helps us to know what's ours and helps us to stand strong in the face of opposition so that we lay hold of what's ours. Amen. So the more consistent we are toward the word, the more of the word we'll experience in our life. Amen. Brother Norval Hayes, remember him? Precious man of God who taught faith and healing. Um, He made this statement. He said, the reason Christians are sick today many times is because they didn't thank God yesterday for healing. What's he talking about? Consistency. Consistency. Not just bringing up the truth of healing at a time of sickness, but bringing it up as a lifestyle. Thank you, Father, that your power is working in me today. Do you know the word talks about in in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, it talks about my son attend to my words, incline thine ear into my sayings, keep them before thy eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are health unto those that find them and life to all their flesh. Health and medicine to all their flesh. The, 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 the margin says medicine to all their flesh. Um, so notice this, the more we take the medicine, the more it does its work. And you, and you don't have to be sick to take the medicine of the word because even when you take it, when you're not sick, it builds health. It builds, it builds a, 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 it build, there's a momentum with that healing word that builds and fortifies the health 
on the inside of you. So don't wait till you're sick before you say thank you for healing. Thank you that I am the healed. Thank you that your power, that healing power keeps me from getting sick. We shouldn't just wait until symptoms show up before we draw on the life that's in the healing word. Amen. Um, Knowing that healing belongs to us is not enough. We have to be consistent in taking the medicine of the healing word, exercising our dominion and authority against that which tries to rob us of our healing. We are not, and Brother Copeland says this, and I so appreciate it. He says this, he says, um, we are not the sick trying to get healed. We are the healed and sickness tries to rob us of the healing that is ours, of the health that is ours. Watchfulness is the price of constant victory. We have to pay attention. And when we recognize that something is trying to steal our health, we say, no, you don't. Immediately, immediately. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, it reads this, be sober, be vigilant. What's that word vigilant mean? Watchful, pay attention. Give attention to this. Be sober, be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith. Amen. Resist steadfast. What's that talking about? Consistency. Consistency. Once, once we demonstrate a lifestyle of consistency, even the devil will see it. It's not just God who sees it. The devil will hear and see our lifestyle of consistency and he'll know who's susceptible and who's not. Amen. Um, as I said, watchfulness is a price of constant victory. We don't want to just gain victory and then lose it. Gain it and then lose it. We have to be consistent in the exercise of our dominion, our authority of watching to make sure that we keep the door closed to the wrong things. In a time of war, um, there's called what the high, they, they call it the high ground, that it's one. It's the advantage point. It's the point of advantage. And they call it the high ground. And that ground has to be gained. Once it's gained, though, they're watchful to make sure no one else comes to take the high ground from them. So that high ground has to be gained and maintained. How many of you know Jesus already gave us the high ground? It's our job to maintain it. We're not trying to gain the high ground. He won the high ground for us. But it's our job to maintain. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As I said, we're not the sick trying to get healed. We are on the high ground of healing. We are on the high ground of health. Amen. If a soldier is assigned to a post of watching at nighttime, for example, he's got to be on watch, um, but he abandons his post or he falls asleep, uh, there's a big penalty to pay. And in sometimes in times of war in the past, it was punishable by death. They'd take you out and they would just immediately deal with you because you're putting everybody else at risk because you're not watchful. And you can cost a whole, a whole troop their lives just by not watching. What do, we, what do we put at risk if we're not watchful? Our health, our families, our 
our businesses, our minds. Amen. Being vigilant is not recommended. It's required of a soldier. It's required of a soldier that they properly exercise. And now notice, let's say someone is, they're, they're at their post and they see the enemy approaching. They don't just say, oh, I saw him. Brother, you better do something about what you just saw, right? You better give, you better sound the alert. You better, you better stand up, do something. It's not enough to sit back and watch the devil take advantage of the different arenas of our life, take advantage of our children, take advantage of our marriage, of our health, and just say, well, I saw him. I was, I was watchful. I saw him. You're watchful with the purpose of taking action. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. We have to stir ourselves up. I said we have to stir ourselves up. And then we can't even blame the devil for getting hold, getting hold of something if we're the one that just didn't pay attention. Because it's many times lack of watchfulness that puts us at a place of disadvantage. Amen. Part of watching, it's not just watching out here naturally. Part of it is watching in the spirit. That if we will take time to spend in prayer with God, spend time in the word, we, and not only that, spend time speaking in tongues, praying in other tongues. It, it causes our spirits to be sensitive to what God would show. And we can be watchful over things that try to happen in the spirit realm so that they never even manifest in the natural. We deal with them while they're in the unseen realm before they come to the seen realm. That's part of being vigilant. That's part of being sober that Peter talked about. That's part of being watchful. We watch in the spirit over things and we can abort certain things from happening. I said, we can abort. When we see these things in the spirit, we take our authority and dominion and we deal with it. Um, years ago, I was laying in bed I was, before I was falling off to sleep one night and I was just praying quietly in the spirit. And while I was laying there praying in the spirit, my eyes closed because I'm just falling off to sleep myself. I had a quick vision. And in the vision, I saw a silver SUV parked in a driveway in front of a home. I didn't recognize the home. I didn't recognize the setting. And I just recognized that it was a silver SUV. I saw a toddler come out of the house. It was dark. It was a nighttime. I saw a toddler walk out of the front door and walk to the driveway and walked behind that silver SUV and was playing in the driveway. I knew the age of the child. I knew it was about one years old. And you know, there's not many kids that can walk that well at one. Some don't walk till after they're one, but some can walk before they're one. But you know, when God shows you a scenery like that, you, you know, you know supernaturally some of the details. I knew the child was about one, one years old. And I saw him quite unsteady in his walk, but he was walking. And he was playing behind this car. After a few moments of playing, I saw a, per, a man walk out of the house. It's dark outside and he gets into the car. He doesn't know that child is back there. Right. 
he turns on the car and he backs up. Thankfully, that's all I saw. The vision stopped at that point. I didn't see anything beyond him getting in the car and backing up. God has a way of involving you without troubling you. And, um, but I knew this. I, I knew, um, I just knew in my heart how to deal with that. Praying in the spirit made me sensitive to see that. But praying in the spirit is not how you exercise your authority over that. Because when you, he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men, but unto God. You're not talking to the devil when you speak in tongues. That's God talk. That's not, the devil does not understand that talk. So I did not see that dream, that vision rather, and just keep praying in tongues. He showed me that because he was looking for me to use my authority. That's why he, he didn't show me so I could say, I saw it. Right. He showed it to me so I'd use, he's looking for someone to use their authority. Right. So I said in my known language, Satan, you take your hand off the life of that child. Right. Death, yes. you take your hand. Now, see, I didn't see the child run over, but I can assume this is yes. what's going to happen. Yes. And I said, death, you take your hand off the life of that child. Angels, you guard his life. The, you, you bear him up in your hands, lest he dash his foot against a stone. That's Psalm 91, you see. So I, I took authority over the devil in English. I didn't do it in tongues because the devil isn't dealt with in tongues. He understands our authority. After I did that, I used my authority. Then I turned back to praying in tongues. And I said, God, if there's anything further I need to do, I'm looking to hear. Because see, while I'm praying in the spirit, I'm, I'm sensitive to what he would say. Right, right, right. So if there's something I need to do further, mm -hmm. then I'm able to, I mean, I'm positioning myself to hear that. I'm not going back to praying in tongues, dealing with the devil. I, did, right. I deal with him in authority. Right. So that was the end of it. Four months later, there was a woman who was in our service. And I had the sense that I was going to hear back on this. Sometimes we never hear the, back on these things. And a woman came to our service and she said, Pastor Nancy, because I was telling about this, about watching in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And so she said, um, at Christmas time, she said, I was over at my pastor's house. I watch his grandchildren and they were having a staff party. One of the staff members got up out of the, out of the house and went to leave. But we had no idea that the one-year-old grandson had gotten out previously and was playing in the, the, the yard, the, the driveway. He said that staff member got in the car, backed over the child, felt he had hit something, thought it was maybe a garden utensil, pulled back over it. He said he got out and the child is laying there. He had run over this child twice. And he said the child then jumped up, ran in the house and showed everyone his trademarks completely unhurt. No pain, didn't have to take the hospital, nothing. What was that? See, if you, if you watch in the spirit, you can deal with things that it'll change the outcome of it in the natural. Take your authority, take your dominion. God was needing someone's dominion. That's why he showed it. He's inviting someone. You've got the authority on the earth, use it. 
in the benefit of this of this situation. Amen. It's a thrill working with God. It's a thrill working with the Word, and that's how far-reaching our authority and dominion is. Amen. Well, you don't want to miss next time. And until then, remember this. Jesus is the healer. God bless you. To watch or listen to today's message and other messages by Nancy Dufresne, visit DufresneMinistries.org. The timeless truths in this book, Answer It, reveal how to answer every opposition and the steps to take to exit times of testing. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. Come join us for our Dufresne Ministries Miracle Crusade in Tulsa, Oklahoma at The Rock Church, April 16th through the 20th. For more information and to register, visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, submit a prayer request, or visit our online store. Thank you to the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries for making this production possible.